0: Think about what we've accomplished as a nation, and you compare that to any other country in the history of mankind, and there just simply is not a comparison; it does not exist. Our founding fathers laid out a platform,
1: and perhaps, if you would like, a pathway for exceptionalism based on independence, based on uh, individualism
0: the strength of individual. Why are people tuning the news of the day out of their lives? And what can we do to engage more people at every age level?
2: Well, for one thing, I think the, the news is no longer news. It's entertainment. And people don't trust the news like they used to.
0: Get involved, get loud, and think on the brink. Let me bring you back to September 2013 Russian President Vladimir Putin wrote an op-ed you might remember in the New York Times and he said I certainly studied Obama's address to the nation Putin wrote and I would rather disagree with the case Obama made on American exceptionalism in that the United States policy is what makes America different it's what makes us exceptional Putin went on to say it is extremely dangerous to encourage people to see themselves as exceptional, whatever the motivation. Well, there are big countries and small countries, rich and poor, those with long democratic traditions and those still finding their way to democracy, he said. Their policies differ too. We are all different. But when we ask for the Lord's blessings, we must not forget that God created us equal. Those are the words of Russian President Vladimir Putin, interesting words. And you cannot argue with the God created his equal business. I totally endorse that. But the part of American exceptionalism has come under a lot of fire. Let me introduce you to uh, three extraordinary gentlemen. And I want to start with uh, a a regular contributor to our national radio programs and our television programs, Colonel Jim Warshak, uh, United States Air Force. He's a 30-year career senior intelligence and political military affairs officer. Uh, an expert in international strategic studies and policy uh, and served in numerous United States Air Force and Joint Special Operations Special Mission Units. Always good to have Colonel Warshuk with us. So you heard what I was just saying, uh, Colonel, about uh, these are comments that Putin put in the New York Times op-ed. We remember there was a whole big deal about, you know, American exceptionalism, and a lot of people took offense to it very clearly. Um, so I guess let me start with this. Is it dangerous to encourage people to see themselves as exceptional? Is there any truth to this argument? Not at all, not in the case of
1: America. Our founding fathers laid out a platform and perhaps, if you like, a pathway for exceptionalism based on independence, based on uh, individualism, the strength of individual, the individual person, the individual capability to make us separate from each other but together uh, united, which I think created the capabilities and the capacities for America to strive
0: faster and farther than other countries. Well said. If you think about what we've accomplished as a nation, And you compare that to any other country in the history of mankind, and there just simply is not a comparison. It does not exist. Absolutely. And that should give you goosebumps, my friends. (laughs) Anyways, let me introduce you now to Colonel Tony Bunton. Uh, He's a United States Air Force Reserve. Uh, We have served over 35 years. He is also the president of IT consulting company, US Cyber Solutions. Colonel Bunton, welcome. And you, run with the original show with us a couple of years back, as I remember. And again, back to that op-ed piece, Uh, is it dangerous to encourage people to see themselves as exceptional, same question, or, or, you know, or, or is, there, is it harmful in any way?
2: No, I don't think it's dangerous at all. And as Americans, we were, we've grown up that way. Uh, we just know that this country is exceptional, and hopefully the U.S. citizens will rise up to that and, and meet that expectations. Uh, it's, it's how you raise your children, and, uh, and all three of us come from a family uh, legacy of serving our country. Uh, All of our fathers served, and we serve, and and my son is now in in junior ROTC on his way to become a member uh, of the armed forces. Uh, It's how you raise your children.
0: Amazing, yeah. Congratulations on your son. Thank you. Terrific, yeah. Let me introduce you next to Colonel Bill Moline, uh, again, United States Air Force and West Point graduate. Uh, since retired from military service, uh, Colonel B- Moline has worked as a business developer, career advisor, and master networker. So welcome again. And, and Colonel Moline, you were on with us too a couple of years ago when we uh, uh, did the inaugural uh, show on this uh, subject, which I love to do, by the way, because I have a bit of patriotism in me as well, uh, by the way. So um, is it dangerous, in your mind, to, uh, to any aspect to encourage people to see themselves as exceptional. Uh, Any truth to the argument?
3: Uh, I don't see any problem with that at all. Our forefathers uh, were speaking from the heart. Uh, They were all exceptional people, and uh, they were laying it on the line when they did that. They were marked men by the, uh, by Britain. Uh, They Put a lot out there so that we can do what we've been doing and to carry on that legacy of exceptionalism, I think, is a part of our fiber. It is why uh, we are the nation that we are and why we have come so far in 238 years.
0: We really have. Well, well, well said. Uh, Let me ask you, uh, Colonel Moline, um, at a news conference held in uh, 2009, which was uh, President Obama's first trip overseas as Commander-in-Chief, okay, he was asked whether he subscribed to American exceptionalism, okay? Uh, Well, he replied, I believe in American exceptionalism just as I suspect the British believe in British exceptionalism and the Greeks believe in Greek exceptionalism, etc. Now, there have been arguments presented that The president has spent too much time trying to level the playing field so that America does not stand out, but blends in. And you can see that in foreign policy, you can see that in summits, you can see that in all kinds of meetings. There's a different posture with the administration that you might have seen with other administrations previously. And that's about the most delicate way I can probably put that. Now, in fact, many believe this has been his cornerstone in foreign policy, which is why we have some of the challenges we currently have. Do you agree or disagree with this and why? Um, He has
3: caused some of our problems with that stance. We became, uh, because of our exceptionalism, we became world leaders and we are expected to be out front and we are expected to lead in everything that we do and when we try to make ourselves anything less than those world leaders. The
0: world notices. Exactly. Colonel Warshak, what does, in a simple way, what does American exceptionalism mean?
1: We fought a revolution for independence, but we continued to be friends with the British. We went to the aid of uh, the Brits and the French in World War One, and helped them resolve that issue, that problem in, in in Europe, and again in World War II, and people around the world, I think, see that as an element of resolve and respect, and I think because of that, the world has has said and has agreed with, you know, there isn't an exceptionalism to America, and it's not and in your face exceptionalism it's a receptionalism of respect and a willingness to help others and american americans have done that time and time again and i think the world understands that
0: yeah which brings me to a question that i want to bring to you uh, colonel bunton about um just in this last few days a pew research survey found that young americans when i say young young americans younger than 30 Care more about the World Cup than the VA scandal, the IRS targeting specific Americans unfairly, the Iraq crisis, or the upcoming elections. Now, 13% younger than 30, so we're talking 13% younger than 30, 19% 30 to 49, and 36% uh, 65 and older, okay, and again, to give you the demo, 34% and prime of their life, 50 to 64. This Pew research goes on, talks about we're disconnected, we're unengaged as a society. Mm-hmm. Why are people tuning the news of the day out of their lives? And what can we do to engage more people at every age level?
2: Well, for one thing, I think the, the news is no longer news. It's entertainment. And people don't trust the news like they used to. You know, in the, in the days of the Vietnam War, we turned on Walter Cronkite every day and that 's and we got our news. Uh, Today, it's more about entertainment.
0: The lines have absolutely right. blurred. A lot of it is the age of the uh, communication of the Internet and telecommunications, right. and the lines are absolutely blurred. Yeah. So nobody really knows where that starts or ends. C- uh, Colonel Moline, um, again, uh, why are people turning the news out, do you think? I mean, is it just so bad that nobody wants to know? They seem like it's a total ignorance out there, and you can see it on some of the comedy shows that make fun of Americans on the street kind of thing. That's pretty common, obviously. But I see really good people who have hearts and brains, and they still tune it out. They, they look at me and say, I, I don't care. I don't want to be involved.
3: Malcolm, I think it's hard to uh, listen to the news and get so many experts who have such differing views uh, and not come away from that thinking that somebody's wrong. Utterly confused, They're, huh? Yes. Yeah. But let me tell you... Um, now, they'd be clear if they just listened to Out Loud. Uh, yeah, right, there I you go. Right. go yes. <laughs> Today, over 1,200 civilians walked into the various academies, and they started a four-year experience. They came in off the street. They were and are America's best. They are exceptional. They have a average SAT score of maximum. Now, these are people who have, these are young people who are serious about their nation they're serious about their future mm-hmm. these are not people who are
0: disconnected or unpatriotic these are people who are exceptional exceptional yeah yeah and we need more of that obviously in that regard uh... colonel warshock finally um... how can we engage more people at every age level not just the youth and, and the youth there seem to be more disconnected but even the old age groups there they're only thirty some odd percent that tune in even there mm-hmm. so how do we engage more people to get interested in what's going on in our country that's a great
1: question. Um, <clears throat> I think what we've seen was a tra- has been a transition in how we as Americans view ourselves, and certainly in the last six years it's it's certainly changed. Um, you know you talked about back in Vietnam we turned into Walter Cronkite to hear what was going on. I was in the Pentagon on nine eleven when the plan- when the building was struck, and my first reaction was, how are Americans going to respond to this and react? And we saw an overwhelming uh, response by Americans. We saw an increase in people wanting to join the military. Uh, and there was that degree of hope where, wow, there are still Americans who have an interest. But I think what we're seeing is now is there is a counter culture and a counter effort to change that by the media. Uh, as you mentioned, the polls said more people are interested in watching the World Cup. Uh, however, of that Majority that wants to do that. There is also an indication. I heard another poll this morning said, but only 30% of Americans watch the World Cup. So my position on it is obviously that's the older generation. I think uh, the older generation uh, still has an interest, and, and because it affects their daily lives, and they want to see America as it has always been viewed in the world, and they have a degree of of hope there's also another poll out today that really caught my eye that said since world war II, ronald reagan has been deemed the greatest president since that period i've seen the same poll exactly said, right. yeah, Yeah. right
0: darn that's yeah. that's great to hear obviously somebody's yeah. paying attention and that poll is very fascinating that colonel warshak is speaking about uh... we'll have to get it for you guys uh, but um... uh... he was indeed and uh... on the flip side of that poll and i'm not going to be a wise guy here with you but the worst president in our country <laughs> Uh, happens to, and this is the poll now, this is not me speaking, uh, although it would, uh, I would coincide with the poll. <laughs> it happens to be in the Oval Office right at this present moment here. I want to talk to you specifically about a Gallup poll that came out that talks about corruption in government. And this is fascinating now. A 20-point increase, 20 points, folks, okay, of an increase since 2006. This is just yesteryear, right, uh, in Americans who believe that government corruption is widespread. Go figure, huh? I mean, you can't turn on the news or the cycle of the internet or whatever however you're getting your information today without finding some sort of a problem, a crisis, a scandal uh, something that's happening to some level, to some degree, somewhere in the world and certainly here in America. Perceptions of widespread corruption actually dipped a little bit now across America just after President Obama was sworn into office, believe it or not. They, I mean, this is these, these are all facts. This is true. Uh, and they were all measured but there was a sense of optimism in our country as the president Mm -hmm. took the Oval Office. With all due respect, the youth were very engaged with this president. The Hope and Change movement was really a youth movement which I have compared to the Wide Awakes movement back in the Abraham Lincoln days when Lincoln got all of the youth involved the Wide Awakes and really was the first Republican uh, victor of uh, the Republican Party uh, prior to the Whigs Party, you know. And so um, when you take a look at this and, and you see that everything was up at that point and young people were involved in hope and change and things were going to happen and you know Americans are more cynical than ever thanks to Mike Gulley, the IRS, the VA, the NSA and the rest of the alphabet soup. I, I can't possibly get into government scandals and problems whether you believe them or not there's so many I don't even know where to go with it. If the majority of, uh, of Americans believe government is corrupt to the core as Gallup suggests, Colonel Moline, and if, and if the majority of Americans are unengaged as Pew suggests Okay, you follow me? Uh, isn't this equivalent to a death sentence for America as we once knew her? And if not, then how do we change the narrative in America, sir?
3: I don't believe that it would be a uh, death sentence for America. Um, we have to, uh, a couple things have to happen. We have to instill um, an ethical balance back into our media. We have to teach people who take office in this country um, that they need ethics as well and uh, our young people need to see that. Colonel
0: Bunton again let me restate this this is very alarming to me and let me be clear on this so same question but it's an important one if the majority of Americans today believe that government is corrupt to the core as Gallup suggests and many of the other polls do as well and if the majority of Americans are unengaged as Pew suggests I mean, do the math. Isn't that equivalent to whatever you want to call it, death sentence? Uh, some sort of, it's, it's a day for America as we once knew her. And if not, then how do we change the narr- narrative in America, sir?
2: Change leadership. It's all about leadership. If the leader is running down the country, people will believe that. At the beginning of, of this administration, people were very positive because the campaign had been very positive, hope and change. It changed quickly to Please forgive us, we're Americans. That's that's what has changed in this country.
0: Uh, to Colonel Bunton's point when he talks about change the leadership, you could go back to the previous couple of administrations and certainly the previous administration before this one. And there were also a lot of America who felt we needed to change the leadership, and when the Republican Party was in control, quite frankly. And we have short memories in America, we forget that, you know. But that did the big bailouts, and the big government spending, and the big taxes, and quite frankly, I don't think they were very innocent, uh, to be, with all due respect. So um, maybe you're the right guy to answer this, but, uh, you know, to me, I'm concerned, because when you look at these numbers on corruption in government, and uh, people wanting to be unengaged, or ignorant, if you will, I think we're headed down a path, uh, you know, we can change leadership, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's about what party we get in there because uh, stooges live in both political parties, quite frankly. So what? how do we change the narrative in America, sir?
1: Well, I think if we go back, we've always seen a degree of corruption at some point or another between government and, and the private sector. And most of the time it was from the standpoint of the lobbyists who dealt with Congress. But now we're seeing it right in the Oval Office. We're seeing a president who has orchestrated a constant demand, if you will, for almost an oligarchy kind of presidency who, you know, I will give you this for this in return. And we've seen that with Solyndra. We've seen it with a lot of the other uh, energy uh, type businesses. We've seen it in you know, we see it going on in the coal industry now where we want to shut that down, and that is a livelihood for many Americans, yet we're seeing uh, technology to make it a, a, a continued operational capability for for energy, and we're seeing it just in a lack of leadership. We have a presidency who has done nothing but campaign from the day he was inaugurated till now every day he 's flying out he 's campaigning it 's about politics 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 it 's not about leadership, as Tony
0: said well, I agree with that in, in all of your answers, really to the degree that it is I would add to it that uh, you know he was elected uh, by a majority of Americans two times over, somehow or another. he convinced Americans he was a hell of a campaigner he campaigned well for a lot of reasons, uh, but at the same time um, we 're dealing with um, uh, you know, administration that sort of is a bit out of touch. But he wanted to reinvent America. Is the bottom line, and he has reinvented America. That promise he has kept actually, uh, and he made that promise up front. If, if he really had, gentlemen, uh, you know.
2: But he just didn't say how he would reinvent exactly. America. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he has exactly. reinvented a, an America that no one would have asked for. Even the
0: Democrats are not really happy with it. No. Yeah. Right. And many of them are not even saying that. Some are just being quiet yeah. at the moment. A lot of quietness over there. You don't mm-hmm. often see that. Right. Yeah. That tells you something, doesn't it? Yeah. The result has definitely not been positive. Yeah. No, it hasn't been positive. And, and it doesn't matter to me if you're a Republican, Democrat independent, or a communist, it's not a positive program. Considering the constant danger of terrorism threats against the United States today, has the NSA gone too far in violating the privacy of Americans? I want to ask you first, Colonel Bunton.
2: That's a difficult question. Uh, we've all been That's why I ask it. we've all been in the uh, the national security business. And uh, it's, it's, without good intelligence, it's hard to stop uh, things that are gonna happen. Have we gone too far? I don't know. I don't know all the details, and I'm not going to condemn uh, my, uh, my brothers in the, in the intelligence community.
3: Colonel Mulling. I believe we have saved a considerable amount of lives through the intelligence we have gained through the NSA. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure that to some people that seems
0: intrusive. Right. But when you're saving so America, you're, comfortable, lives, with you're yeah, comfortable with it. I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah. Got to ask you, Colonel Orshak, what do you think, brother? You'd be the tiebreaker here, maybe. <laughs> well,
1: I look at it from this standpoint. What the NSA does all comes down to what the Commander in Chief asks for, or what the Commander in Chief's intent of that information that it collects is. If it's to prevent the next 9 11 or Pearl Harbor, We are doing the right things with the capability that we have asked our military, and and I must caveat that as saying the NSA is a military organization. It's not a civilian-run organization. It's run by a three-star general uh, who swears and takes the oath of office to the Constitution and not to the president. And in the end, end state is, you know, it's to protect our country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But it still comes down to the commander-in-chief to determine how he is going to use the information gatherer. Is he going to use it to protect the country against enemies, or is he going to do it for political reasons, which is really...
0: Well, And I will add to, uh, to the conversation this way here. Uh, when you see the corruption on every level that's coming through every level of government right now, you can see why Americans are very cynical and really don't trust, back to that point. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> it's hard to trust when you see all the things that are going on. I mean, I would have a different opinion than all of you probably. I think they have absolutely crossed the line. And I think we've crossed the line uh, to almost the point of no an return and the violation of privacy in this country and where we're at in a very dangerous way. Uh, and it's like having the wolf God, your information sometimes. There's a lack of trust, a lack of, uh, l- l- lack of leadership, lack of everything. And, and that just covers the whole political spectrum. And I don't have the answer for it. I really don't. Do we want to prevent terrorism? Every- Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, right now we pissed off most of our allies, I mean, and everyone else around the world with this, uh, all the Snowden problems. So it, it's a long... We've covered it many times on the show. We won't labor the process here. I want to ask you a quick question. Start with the... Um, I've asked you this question before. I'm going to ask you again, mm-hmm. Colonel Bunton. Uh, is it God, country, or family... Or is it God, family, country? Or is it family, country, God? I don't know. How do you How do you How do you How do you add those three up?
2: As long as you've got all three of those in the mix. Which uh, is first? You know, uh, God.
0: So God, country, family, or God, family, country?
2: Well, uh, God, family, country. Okay, Colonel Moline.
0: Uh, I, I, I disagree a little
3: because okay. it it changes. Okay. Uh, if you are a military guy on the front lines, it would bo- go, you know, God unit or God country and your unit and then family because um, you have got to be solid with your cohorts in the foxhole as it were. When you're home and you're not in combat then those can be reordered and they can go God family.
1: Spoken as a good military
0: leader.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Colonel Horsak.
1: I would would say we order it up as we need. Uh, Certainly family in my eyes comes first. But my family, being a Christian family, understands God, and my family understand or understood me as a former military member about country. Without a country, you we may not have the opportunity United. to practice religion, and we certainly may yeah. not have an opportunity to enjoy our family and to raise our family the way we well. want. I mean, so we understand, as Colonel Moline said, we can order it up, but you know, it comes down to the individual.
0: I think. Okay. All right, final thoughts. The 35th president of the United States, John F. Kennedy, said, My fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. One of the most famous quotes any president said, and there are, there are many, but this was one. You know. If you could ask your fellow Americans to do one thing today for the good of country, what would it be, Colonel Mulling? Be ethical in all your dealings.
2: Stop, a- stop asking what, what's in it for me.
1: Colonel Walshack. Think of what exceptionalism really is, and look back and reflect on what it has been and what it meant for America. Uh, I think they'll find that there's a goodness in it versus a a negative as it has been made out to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, all three. Thank you, uh, three, for your service. Naturally, I mean, just a brilliant men, and I, it's a, a pleasure, privilege to have you with me today. Again, um, you know, it's it is a pause in a moment of a country to stop and Independence Day as a as a um, Uh, a holiday that we've always uh, celebrated with great pride and patriotism in this country. Uh, Still a very young country and uh, certainly one that's uh, made many mistakes but will continue to learn from those mistakes ahead. But you know folks, it takes everybody to be involved and to be engaged. I always say get involved, get loud. Uh, There's a reason why I say that. That's been my mantra from the very beginning. You can't make this journey if you're going to be unattached or uninvolved. So part of our mission on this program is to get everybody involved, to get more people involved, to understand the message. Keep it simple. You don't have to complicate it. Uh, we can keep it real simple for you. So at the end of the day, look for us on national radio. Look for our Out Loud Minute that plays on hundreds of radio stations across America and, of course, our show here at Malcolm Out Loud TV. Thank you for joining me. And i want to say to you, our founding fathers didn't leave it to chance, and neither should you, folks. Get involved. Get loud. This is Malcolm Out Loud.